Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I wonder who my competition tonight gonna be. I know it ain't gonna be nobody up in here. They up in here. They up in here. Magnetic. F14. W. Organized campaign, I'm on my third route The album just dropped, I'm trying to get the word out Superhero theme music, Ron Sleek walking, snoring The less rails for what was recorded My first stop was Sway in the morning Was written by Heather B. Toto was a fan since the real world on MTV now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin check me Not before I had to get balls right Rehearsing, was asked about my upbringing How long I've been working And Sway's hair rap, look bigger hand person Was rhyming like it was a wake up show Homie tough, I got raps for days Gotta say something for Tony Touch My phone is gone, sorry, I can't talk right now I'm busy, traveling, making my rounds I sat down next on the schedule Was static selector, show already, yo Hey everybody, welcome back to YoMT TG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm, again, Stephen Marshall. This is the first time we've started this recording, so I have no idea what Stephen is talking about. First time again. First time again. Once more with again. And first of all, I just wanted to say uh, thanks again to uh, Joey and Kenny for being on the show last week and for being awesome teammates in D.C. We've recorded the podcast in D.C. like Saturday afternoon, so there was still a lot more weekend to be had after the recording that did not get brought up on the actual recording. They were a little bit more interested in doing more magic-related stuff, and I was kind of over it for the night, and I had this, I was hell-bent on seeing some jazz music because there's a whole U Street corridor that has a bunch of different jazz clubs, and I just wanted some kind of experience like that. So I went to Twins Jazz on U Street and saw the group Inner Urge. Uh, they were just a really great combo, kind of hard bop sort of style, and uh, just really great. I mean, it was awesome because U Street was a chaotic mess. It was just drunk people everywhere. And the club I found was upstairs, a little dinner club. There was like... 10 people sitting like near the front. There were some more people to the back. I didn't, I never looked back there. So I have no idea how many people were actually there, but I was near the front at a table, just watching some jazz in a really laid back environment. And it was just an awesome time. And so I was really glad I got to have that experience. Um, then the next day, uh, Kenny played in some super IQ and he went like one and two or something. So it was kind of uneventful Sunday for him, but I managed to play in just a sealed challenge and wound up going two, one and one with a pretty decent deck. So not, not, not too upset about that. We split in the last round, just you know, get our eight packs each and both leave happy. So that was really fun. But anyway, DC was a great time. And it was awesome to see those guys. It was also awesome to see like Dave Heilker and Brendan Hurst and just a lot of people, Charles Potts, just a lot of people I hadn't seen in a really long time uh, on the East Coast. So that was that was really enjoyable. The, um, the one funny thing that came up was as I was saying my goodbyes to Joey and Kenny on Saturday, Kenny was like, oh, yeah, so, you know, next time there's this Team Sealed event, we could do this again. I was like, oh, no, I'm quitting he's like not even for team sealed i'm like guys no (laughs) this is this is real this is really happening um and just to emphasize a little bit of how much this is really happening uh, this sunday is my final stream for legit mtg the next couple weeks after this weekend are going to get really disjointed i've got wrestlemania in two weeks and then I've got, and then I would do a stream, and then I've got Albuquerque, which we're traveling for uh, after that. So there's a couple week, week on, week off, week on, week off, and it's kind of a lame duck format right now, anyway. So rather than kind of do this disjointed schedule, next uh, this Sunday I'm going to do flashback draft or two, or maybe I'll do sealed or something. I'll do something, but it's going to be my final stream, just because it seems like a cleaner place to end it. 
then like taking a week off, going back, taking a week off to go back. I just want to do that. So final stream this Sunday. Also, uh, the GoFundMe page is still live. And I wanted to just say thank you to everyone who's donated so far. Uh, currently, I'm at $282, which is amazing. Um, I know that's far from the goal of 20 grand I set, but I didn't set that goal with the uh, intention of hitting it in a week or ever. It was just, here's the number of what I think I need to make this whole thing work. But everything helps. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to Tyler Goodwin. I want to give a shout-out to Aaron. I'm, I don't want to say from where, but because it's an anonymous donation. So I don't know if he wanted me to give him a shout-out, but I will say thank you to Aaron, uh, Mark Charles, Sheldon, who runs Amazing Spiral, uh, made, made a donation. I was very happy about that. And then uh, one of my favorite donations <laughs> was made yesterday, uh, $5.00. Uh, donated by Ronald Reagan, and the comment was, spoken like a true Bernie supporter. (laughs) Wow. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Whether or not they were just making fun of the campaign or not, they still gave me money, so screw them. (laughs) But they probably were, were just teasing me, because otherwise, why would they actually donate money? to just give me a hard time. But anyway, so pretty cool. It's getting there. It's, it's, it's awesome. Everything helps. I'm going to be paying like a ginormous chunk of one of our credit card bills this month and swiftly paying the remaining chunk off at the beginning of next month. And that's like, that was the second biggest bill that we had. It started like, I think like three months ago, the bill was like $2,300, $2,400. And I think it's going to be gone in a couple weeks. So, hmm. the, you know, and, and, that, and, that, and that that in itself proves that I'm not just begging for money to, to pay my bills. You know, this is something that is that is helping me get this done. It's just one way for me to, to make this happen and to get back to a comfortable place. So, you know, I'm putting a lot of effort in other, other places to get this done. So, you know, but these, these donations all help a huge amount and anyone who wants to donate the, uh, the link will be in the show notes and thanks to everyone who's done it so far. I'll try not to bring it up again until the final episode (laughs) because I don't want to keep, I don't, I'm not, this podcast isn't about begging for money. I don't, I don't like doing that, but you know, donate if you can. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I played in a PPTQ on a PPTQ for anyone who listened last week. I, I, on Saturday at common ground games, I did not win. There's not much worth talking about from that event, except to congratulate Scott Martin, Texas guild mage, uh, who crushed it with an amazing draft deck. I just want to run down the list of this draft deck real quick because it is a freaking beautiful thing. His draft deck was, I can't really see his lands, a two crumbling vestige, a waste, a holdout settlement, a mountain, 12 islands, hedron crawler, two blinding drone, three cultivator drone, two Eldrazi sky spawner, one Jorian Ruin Diver, one Ruination Guide, one Gravity Negator, one Wind Rider Patrol, two Clutch of Currents, one Wave Wing Elemental, one Deathless Behemoth, one Endbringer, a Warping Whale and a Gate, two Anticipates and two Spatial Contortions. A thing of beauty indeed. So, you know, great work, Scott. Uh, really excited that you get to join Jeff at the sealed regional PTQ which is an event that both of you should do very well at. And I hope that you both make the Pro Tour as a result of your respective PPTQ wins. So great job, both of you. Oh, well, I will say one thing. I did win one thing on Saturday. Uh, I got to have a a giant meat tater at Sonny Bryant because I walked home from... (laughs) the uh from common ground which is about two miles but i was just in the mood it was a nice day i just walked but i stopped to sunny bryant and got a potato filled with meat which was great uh that was very that was, that was a big win for me uh but now i just want to talk about one last thing before we get into the meat and potatoes of this oh, week's episode. Jesus. yeah i did it <laughs> yeah uh, uh that like aged me seven years <laughs> 
this Saturday is the Hunter Burton Memorial Magic Open. Uh, March 26th at the Arlington Convention Center in beautiful, sunshinily Arlington. Proceeds benefit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, the event's 30 bucks. Uh, registration opens at 8 a.m. There's also online registration open. I don't have the link to that. I can provide the link in the show notes. It's the best I can do. Uh, play begins at 9 a.m. at standard constructed format with a Modern Masters 2015 Top 8 Booster Draft. Uh, there's $8,500 in cash prizes to be awarded, um, including a $1,000 Movado watch to the winner. There are going to be giveaways of uh, rare dice that are specifically for this event. I think he said only 26 of them were made. Um, T-shirts and all kinds of different stuff. So it's going to be a great event. Uh, it's for a really good cause. And it's a unique tournament because it starts with constructed and then the top eight is limited, which I love. I mean, I absolutely love that. And a limited format, you don't really get to play much anymore. Modern Masters 2015. It's great value. So come to that. Come play. It's going to be my last constructed tournament. I'm playing a mono green Eldrazi deck at the tournament. And uh, I wanted to discuss the list that I kind of brewed up last night at one in the morning with Steven. I just kind of get an idea of what he thinks about it because I have to finalize it. I'm actually borrowing it from Jeff because I don't really have any standard cards anymore. So I'm going to borrow a deck to play in this event from Jeff. The, the, the idea behind this, and I think I've mentioned it several times on the show, but just to reiterate, is that the first constructed deck that I ever built for myself was Mono Green Ramp. So it was turn one Llanowar Elf or Fintorn Elf, turn two Fintorn Elder, Turn three, force of nature. Do you have a removal spell? If not, I kill you in a couple turns. That's basically how my deck used to be. Yeah, that's, that was the deck I played for years and years. And there were variations. It got modified over the years. Uh, it was unsleeved. Not that I'm going to play Jeff's deck unsleeved. <laughs> but it was unsleeved. It was the same deck for like five years plus. Just adding and, and modifying it. Like people do with their commander decks now but it was just for constructed. So in the spirit of the first uh, constructed deck I ever built, I'm going to play mono green ramp as the last constructed deck I build as an active player. So I put together a list just, and I want to read the list and kind of get Steven's initial thoughts and also any suggestions he might have. And I'm also going to compare it to the deck I based the list off of, which was, uh, the mono green Eldrazi ramp deck that Simon Nielsen played it and uh, made the finals of a Magic Online Championship Series quarterly event. Tomb Simon is his name on, on Moto. So I based the deck off of his deck, uh, but then also a couple changes just for uh, my own liking and for ideas that I've had. And I think some that we talked about too. So uh, this is the list that I put together. 24 lands, we got four Evolving Wilds, three Wastes, four Sanctum of Ugin, four Shrine of the Forsaken God, and nine Forests. Uh, creature base, two Ugin, four uh, Ugin Spirit Dragon, four Thought Not Seer, two Ulamog, Ceaseless Hunger, four World Breaker, four Reality Smasher, four Hedron Crawler. And then four Ruin in their Wake, four Explosive Vegetation, Four Hedron Archive and four Nissa's Pilgrimage, and the um, the sideboard is four Cranial Archive, three Winds of Call Sisma, four Jadi Offshoot, two Spatial Contortion, and two Hangerback Walkers. So that's the list that I've brewed up. Um, just to compare the list that uh, that made the finals of that event. Uh, this is the list from that event. Was one crumbling vestige, fourteen forests, four sanctum of Ugin, four shrine of the forsaken gods, one wastes, two Ugin, two hedron crawler, four rattleclaw mystic, three thought not seer, two ulamog, three whisperer of the wilds, four world breaker, and then spells, four explosive vegetation, four Nissa's pilgrimage, four hedron archive, and four oath of Nissa, which is probably the most uh, glaring omission from my deck. But anyway. Uh, so initial thoughts. What do you think? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how many ways do you have to get waste? How many ways are you running again? 
I'm running three wastes. I have four evolving wilds and three wastes. And seven. So seven, yeah. Seven, essentially. What we're trying to do is is to get a turn two ruin in their wake to actually yeah. fire. What are the – I mean, I, I'm so bad at this. Like, that's one thing I, like, I've always wanted to get better at is, like, actually knowing, like, the math and all this stuff. Like, oh, what are the odds that you'll have the two – Whenever you like, actually want them, but like I, I actually just don't know. <laughs> I, I don't friggin' know. The the odds are are good because I want them to be. <laughs> can't argue with math. Yeah, can't argue with science. This is how it works. Yeah. So the the idea behind this list is first of all eliminating the chances are reducing the chances that I get totally blown out by a Kozilek's return because it is a real card that people are playing a lot of, especially in like the green red ramp versions. Um, so I don't want my, all my mana ramp to be destroyed by, uh, uh, you know, burn spell, um, ruin in their wake, obviously is a way to prevent that, um, going more with the, um, you know, with the spell based land ramp rather than creature ramp, Feels good to me. Um, Hedron Crawler is a concession because I do need some, and they survive um, an Ugin minus. Mm. So that's the, one of the reasons why the Hedron Crawler stayed versus other things. Well, I mean, just like I found that turn two acceleration is something that a lot of decks aren't really equipped to counteract very well. Mm hmm. Because everyone's kind of just waiting around, waiting around. It's like, oh, you know, whatever. You'll get to a turn four explosive vegetation, big whoop. But if you get, like, turn three and then turn four, like... World breaker. Yeah, sky's the limit. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, like, I've kind of got the deck kind of idiot-proofed so that, like... And this is a little more aggressive than some of the other builds because, like, the other build had three Thought Not Seer and no Reality Smasher. I put Reality Smasher in just to be a little more aggressive... And just to kind of, you know, again, and it's another thing that, like, it's it's resistant to removal, and it'll cost them two cards if they want to deal with it. And if they're dealing with my Reality Smasher, they're probably not dealing with my World Breaker. So it's just another way to protect my World Breaker by putting more threats in. It also kind of allows me, on the, you know, weird chance that I just have a weird draw and don't get much of my ramp that I can kind of just naturally curve from four to five into two threats. Mm -hmm. You know, just having that alternate threat there at five mana, like say my, say, you know, I do a turn to Hedron Crawler, right? And then for some reason, you know, and then I do a turn three, like say there's not a ramp spell or something. So are you running, you're not running any Thought Not Seers or? I'm running all four. Oh, well, that's fine then. That's what I'm saying. I'm running the set. So that way, so that way, I can go. You know, like I said, I can go four into five. You know, have something to do mid game if my ramp gets dealt with, or if I don't see any early ramp. You know, just like having action to put on the board. It, it seems like a neat deck. It seems like the kind of deck I would have loved to play back in the day. Um, and then, not to mention the fact that being able to like cast Worldbreaker or Ugin and sacrifice Sanctum of Ugin to search up a reality smasher. Like that's good. Like, like I like that. I know you can chain, you know, the bigger things, but I also just kind of like the fact that I can beat you in the face if I want to having that options. Nice. I don't know. Like I might, I might run into the problem of not having enough early ramp, like some of those other, well, I mean, if all told though, compared to this deck that's up here four rattle claw, two hedron crawler, Three Whisperer of the Wilds. So I'm only running one less two-drop acceleration spell than this deck, you know? So, I don't know. I, don't, I think I, that's fine. I think it's fine, too. I, I think this is I think this is the list. Do you see any any problems? Any, do you have any glaring problems with this list? Uh, how many Ugin are you running? Two. That's fine. Yeah, that's how many this deck ran. It ran one in the sideboard, but... I mean, I guess Othanis is good to, like, smooth out your draws, which is, like, what these decks kind of, like, that's one of their problems. Um, but if you're running enough Sanctum of Ugin yeah. with Worldbreaker, then that kind of, like, fixes a lot of that. Right. And, and then one of the problems is this deck is running five less forests than the deck that ran the, the Oath of Nyssa. So mm. it's not 100% that I'm going to have a forest in my opening hand. And, you know, so so... Having the evolving wilds means that my forest is going to come into play tapped, 
And by the time I get to turn two, I don't want to be playing Oath of Nissa on turn two. Yeah. And, and, and I just, and I don't know. The card is good. I'm not going to sit here and say that Oath of Nissa is a bad card. It's a fine card. But I just wanted a little more action in the deck. Mm-hmm. I just want a little, I want to be a little more all in, you know? Yeah. I kind of want, I kind of want to just go for it. I figure the chances of me having a forest or wastes and an evolving wilds are pretty good. And then you can cast the ruin in their wake on turn two. So that's the hope, you know, will it get there all the time? I don't know. We're going to see, but it's a risk, but I like the risk. Uh, the top of the list, it says G unit. So I guess that's what the deck's called. (laughs) So that's probably what I'm going to name it. And, uh, yeah, so good. I'll send that list off to Jeff after the call. Cool. So that's, that's, everything i wanted to mention yeah that's everything i wanted to mention leading up to the spoilers so now we're just gonna talk about shadows over innerstrad spoilers Uh, we're gonna start from where we left off two weeks ago which means we'll be a little bit behind we'll try to we'll try to speed through some of them that are less exciting than others but that are boo poo poo yeah the important thing to know is that next week we are going to do a very long, maybe two, two and a half hour long spoiler episode when we have the full spoiler. We're going to spend some time with it because, frankly, um, to get that episode into the uh, Libsyn account, I'll need to buy another 150 megabytes of space for the month. And... Uh, just, we're going to use it, you know, I'm paying for it. <laughs> we're going to use the space. So, so we're going to make a really long episode and that's how that's going to go. So, uh, whatever we don't get to this week, whatever, we're going to talk until we get to a stopping point And then we're just going to pick it up next week. And we're going to do a real long drawn out spoiler episode with all of the lists and wrong predictions that we won't be held accountable for because we won't be a podcast by May. So we can say whatever we want at this point and it'll be great. So you've been holding back. I have not been holding back, but I'm just saying that I really don't have to now. So, okay. So you're going to have some really bad puns. It's, it's, it's possible. It's very possible. Uh, so here's a card called Pious Evangel, which is pretty cool. It's a white and two human cleric. It's an uncommon. It's two two. Whenever it or another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. And then you can tap two and tap it. Sacrifice another permanent. So notice that it can be anything. Transform it. And then it transforms into a black card. It's a 2-4. Whenever Wayward Disciple, which is what it's called, or another creature you control dies, target opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So Pious Evangel is a Soul Warden. Wayward Disciple is a whatever the card is from Zulaport Cutthroat. Mm -hmm. So... Pretty neat. Got both ends of that. We can't transform them back. No, it's cool for limited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and I, I think that, like, you know, but seriously though, like, with like, I don't know what you could do, but like with Zulaport Cutthroat and this card, I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of black white tokens deck you could build for standard that really revolves around you know sacrificing your things and maybe maybe. Uh, there's a no, there's I, I like effect. it for the, the thing to keep in mind is that like this transforms into a 2-4, and the thing to keep in mind about transforming is it's not like the Planeswalkers where they exile and then come back, back into play. Like This 2-2 becomes a 2-4, so it can block like a 3-2 uh, like like or whatever and win that combat. If you activate, like if you're blocking, right? yeah, you just activate it, flip it, it does, it's still in combat, it still does the t- 2 damage, and it lives. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you want to read the next card, or do you even read the next card? Drog Skull Cal- Calvary. Oh, that one? No, I'm, I'm asking if you want to read it. I'll read it, sure. Drog- I mean, you already said the name, but it's uh, five white white. It is a 4-4 four, four creature spirit knight with flying, and whenever another, another spirit enters the battlefield under your control, you gain two life. So not this guy, but the next spirit. 
Ah, but there's a way to do that because he has an activated ability. You can pay three and a white to put a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. That's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's, man. I mean, it's really <laughs> if expensive. You, if you untap <laughs> and have, like, another land, then you're never going to lose. True. That's very true. It's very that true. Is, <laughs> that's a lot of... <laughs> I, if you get another land after you get to seven and you cast them and you don't die and you untap and it doesn't get removed, you're in business. As aggressive as I feel like this limited format is, I'm not even sure this is very good. Seven mana for a 4-4 four, four flyer? Mm, I'm not loving it. I'm not loving it at all. Yeah, like this is like if you have a controly, controly, controly deck with... 19 lands <laughs> which, which i'm sure which i'm sure can exist in some form in this format but this is just a this format just feels really aggressive are you agreeing with me yet on this um no not yet still not still not i need the full spoiler i gotta see all the commons i gotta see all the uncommons there's a all whole right. lot of like one threes for two uh, and just some some other stuff that makes me concerned about that there's also a lot of three twos for two but, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, next card, I'll let you read this one because uh, – no, I'm reading it because this is the kind of card I love. Yeah. I'm is, reading it. This is, is my deal. card. This is your jam. This is mine. Startled Awake. It's uh, two blue and two. It's a sorcery. Target opponent puts the top 13 cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. Note that says Opponent. So you can't do this to as a super self mill uh, plan, and it's thirteen cards, so it's unlucky. So you'll mill their bomb, and they'll complain about it. That's right. Lo- love to get this in in limited, actually. Uh, now, th- uh, three and two blue, put startled awake from your graveyard onto the battlefield, transformed only anytime you can cast sorcery, and it becomes persistent nightmare. It has skulk. Which and it's a one-one when it transforms into a nightmare creature naturally. It has skulk, which means this creature can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. When persistent nightmare deals combat damage to a player, return it to its owner's hand. So you get startled awake again. And the quote is It seemed so real. <laughs> Yeah, good job on the flavor text. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, this is a really cool card, obviously. I mean, it's a mythic rare. Uh, the flavor is really neat. And uh, in limited, this could be a very quick game ender. Um, constructed, I'm not really sure that mill will ever be a strategy worth pursuing in constructed. But there's, I mean, I can see one exception. And that's yeah. if there's like a blue white control deck that kind of self mills a whole bunch, and then this is just like a random kind of end game that you could like get to maybe. Um, that's right, because you can self mill yourself and then get this out of the graveyard. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and so this is like just something like you know you don't have to worry about winning the game with anything in your hand. Like you'll just eventually get around to this while you control the board, maybe. Maybe. And then. Uh, I think you win an extra game if you actually kill your opponent with damage from this. If like <laughs> you do. One damage, yeah. They actually are obligated to concede the match. At that yeah. Point. So. What card do you want to talk about next? Go down the list. Sinister Concoction. Okay, great. One black. Just a black. Enchantment. Yes. Black. Pay one life. Put the top card of your library into your graveyard. Discard a card. Sacrifice Sinister Concoction. Destroy a target creature. It's pretty That's weird. not bad. It's pretty weird, but no, no, it is. It's not bad at all. And here's the thing that uh, I heard people talking about with this card. You get that enchantment in your graveyard. Oh, yeah. It, you're halfway there to Delirium, practically. Right, right. So, like, not you know, not, you're destroying a creature, which is great. I mean, I, I mean, the ability is awesome, but just the added bonus of just really helping fuel Delirium makes this card great. And this is an uncommon, so this is something you'll, you'll see at least a little bit of in your sealed pools. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at this for, like, standard <laughs> sure 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 i know you're always talking uh, about standard i'm always talking about limited so yeah because i mean like yeah i mean you pay one life you put the top card of your library to your graveyard it's likely to be a land actually do you get to see the card that goes into your library first it's all in order pay one life put the top card of your library into your graveyard discard a card sacrifice you do all those things in order 
Wow. So you could like turn on delirium at like instant speed from almost nowhere. Yeah. Because like you pay the one life. Let's say you see like a creature card go into your graveyard and there's like a, you know, yeah, you, you get to, you could pro, you could potentially you and almost like, land, yeah. This. yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd get, you'd get three fourths the way there. Right. Yeah. This, <laughs> this seems like obviously amazing in, in limited um, just because, you know, you're going to want madness enablers. And then I, I absolutely see this game playing constructed. So you'll get three fourths away there, which is about where I think you'll be almost 90% of the time in, in, in limited. For yeah. <laughs> you'll just be sitting there like, Oh, it'll be three God. quarters of the way there every game. Cause the clues don't stay in your graveyard. Good. Mm. How annoying is that? Wouldn't it be great if it was, if the clue token would be put into your graveyard, it actually goes in your graveyard. Wouldn't yeah. that be a beautiful thing? That would cause so much rules headache that I don't even. I don't ah, it would be fine if, if 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 you would shuffle your graveyard into your library, exile all clues before you do so. I mean, it's, it's just a little reminder text on there or something. Whatever, it doesn't say that, so who gives a crap? Next, I want to read uh, "Descend Upon the Sinful." Descend Upon the Sinful is uh, two white and four. It's a sorcery. It's a mythic rare. Exile all creatures. And then it has Delirium. Oh, no, never mind. For some reason, when I was thinking about Delirium, I was not thinking about instants or sorceries. You'll get it. You'll get it a reliable number of times in, in, in Limited. I'm just, I'm just being negative. Mm. So I don't know why my brain did not think of instants or sorceries. Uh, instant sorcery, creature land. That's not too bad. Chant. Like. Those are the five instant sorcerer creature land enchantment are the five. It's going to be. I mean, you're, unless you unless you're running this sinister concoction, it's going to be kind of hard to get an enchantment in your graveyard. It's true. It's true. Uh, so this uh, has delirium, and it says put a four four white angel creature token with flying onto the battlefield if you have delirium. Not going to read all that. So that's. I mean, that's good. I mean, obviously, board wipes are bombs in limited, and being able to have a four four flyer behind, you'd probably pay six mana for a four four flying creature in limited uh in a pinch if you're desperate if the creature also exiled all other creatures when it entered the battlefield you would certainly pay six for it (laughs) i mean this yeah i mean no question this is like one of the best cards you can get in limited but uh for constructed i was like at first i was like oh wow this is actually really good but then i was thinking about it i'm like well dune blast is in the format and has been in the format while Absent was one of the most played colors, and that hasn't seen play in forever. It's true. It does cost seven, but you're right. I don't, I don't think that it makes much difference. Once you get to that much mana, you're either going to ha- want this effect or you're not going to care. Yeah. And so far, the consensus seems to be that you don't care. You know what I mean? Don't care enough to put this for, this uh, effect in your deck. So, So maybe not. But I don't know. We'll see. It, yeah. it is it is one cheaper. It's easier to cast. Maybe. Uh, definitely in a control deck. Although, Planar Alpers is still going to be in the format. Yeah, we'll see. Sure. Uh, why don't you read this uh, all-star? Okay. Neglected Heirloom is an artifact equipment. It costs one mana. It, uh, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. And when the equipped creature transforms, you transform Neglected Heirloom, the equipment. And the equipped cost is only one. So that's that's pretty good. And when it and it transforms into Ash Mouth Blade, equipped creature gets plus three plus three and first strike, uh, or and has first strike. It has equipped cost of three. Very good. So I'll be just slamming this first pick in most of my drafts, just because I like to be the guy that takes all the transform cards to uh, basically like break the basic rules of drafting by obviously transparently signaling. I love doing that. That's so much fun because yeah. you just never get to do that. Um, although, you know, some people at like, you know, local drafts, they, they like to talk like, oh, there's a lot of red going around. Oh man, this card's, I'm like, I, I hate that. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm too, I'm too nice to be like, shut the hell up. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. But you know, Lord knows I like, you know, I mean, I understand the motivation of doing that. Well, but, you know, this way you get to rules lawyer, not really rules lawyer, but you just, you, it's like a loophole. You get to just do it. You get to say, Hey, this is the card I'm taking, gentlemen. Take a look at that. Right. Um, is, yeah. That's why I love Red Green Werewolves in uh, original Innistrad, and I'm sure I'll love it in this one. Absolutely. And and while your reasoning is sound, 
Um, I did ask you to read the staple card, uh, and uh, there is no unmaking your decision, and I am anguished at your choice. Uh, I will read the card that I was going to uh, let you read. Anguished Unmaking is one, a white and a black. It's an instant. It's a rare. And it says, exile target, non-land permanent. You lose three life. Beauty. Ain't bad. Non-land permanent. Losing life. I mean, it's strictly worse than Vindicate, obviously. Yeah, it's an instant. Oh, that's right. Vindicate was a sorcery, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not strictly worse. But uh, there are you don't get to take a land. You do have to pay some life. But you get it at instant speed, which I think I would take over sorcery speed. So this is good. Oh, yeah. Great card. It's going to see play across multiple formats. Mm. Mm. Sure. Sure it will. Not multiple. Why would it not see play in modern? Abzan uh... is back in modern already. Why would it not see play in Abzan? Eh, it's just... It's fine. I, maybe. It's fine. It's really good. I think I think it's he's playing Abzan in Modern. I think the jury's out on that. Maybe as a one-of. Vindicate gets played in, in, in Legacy, so why would this not get played in Modern? Eh, people play Burn in Modern, uh, and it can't hit lands. I would say a good 30% of the time I've, I cast Vindicate, it's to blow up a land. Really? It's like 30 to 40%. Yeah, because like, I play it in Cube a lot, and I'm okay. just like... Take that, guys. Sorry. Yeah. That's why they don't print these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they really don't like land destruction anymore. It's so tilting. Um, yeah, I, I think this I, this obviously sees play in standard as probably like a two of maybe. Okay. I don't I don't see it seeing it like a, as a four of because that's a real that's a real cost. You're yeah. really you draw three of these. <laughs> you're, you're like you're oh taking oh. a highway to the danger zone if you if you play against like a target red. Uh huh. For sure. Uh, well, I'll give you another chance to read a good card. Um, okay, I'm just going to reread Neglected Heirloom again. No, I, I do. I do think that actually could see play in standard. Keep an eye out for it. Okay, it, okay. It's one cost, one to equip. It's kind of like uh, uh, Ghostfire Blade. It's sneaky. It's sneaky good. Uh, yeah, I like. I like the. I like the fact that it transforms when your creature transforms. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost you know it's free to transform essentially as long as you transform your creature. You got to have a deck kind of built around that. But uh, I can be—I can definitely see it uh, in in limited and constructed if werewolf deck is real. Yeah, standard, and then, which I, I mean, assume it would be. The, most of the time, you you look at a set like this, they have you know an, a mechanic that they're really pushing. They're probably going to make it playable in constructed. So this could this could very well be a good card for that. I agree. Oh yeah, Nahiri, Nahiri, comma the Harbinger. Yes. Two red, white, planeswalker, Nahiri. Uh, comes to the battlefield for loyalty. It's got a plus two, which is kind of crazy. Uh, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. So this thing can go up to six mana or six loyalty immediately. And you don't actually even have to. You can just tick it up and not even do the ability if you really must. Yeah, I mean. That's interesting, though. I mean, it's just good to know that it's yeah, not a requirement. Like, it's not like, oh, I have no cards in hand. I can't activate this. No, you can. You can plus two. You may discard a card, and you just say, I'm not going to discard. Eh. Yeah, it's like Jace Unbound's ability, where it's like, oh, there's not a creature to give minus two, minus two. Oh, no, you could just give it to any creature. Right, right. You could just not give it to any creature, sorry. Right, um, right, right. Up to one creature, right. Yeah, okay, so her minus two is exile target enchantment, tapped artifact, or tapped creature. So any enchantment, doesn't matter its tapped state. Or a tapped artifact or tapped creature. Uh, she also has an ultimate, minus eight. Search your library for an artifact or creature card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. It gains haste. Return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah, so the business here is the plus two and the minus two. Minus two seems really good. I mean... The minus two seems really good. I'm really underwhelmed by the plus two and by the minus eight. I mean, I this, guess, like, any I mean, any creature. I mean, you know, I guess you could really build around this and throw this into like a red white Eldrazi's shell and and search up an Ulamog and get those two permanents exiled and get some damage in, you know. You could also play it with Eldrazi Displacer, huh? Two and a white. When you exile another target creature, it returns to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. Huh? 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 Mm, that's true. That is very true. Yeah, this seems really good. I think it's good. I, I I'm just I'm just kind of like in most cases Gideon's going to be better, but, you know, just depends. This is a more controlling card. Yeah. Gideon's a little more aggro, so just look and at your deck, see what you want. Not to mention the the discard a card 
uh, can trigger madness, so that's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this. I'm not sure I would play it because I'm not going to be playing. <laughs> 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 that's going to be my argument for every card. Uh, I don't think I want to play this card because I'm not going to be playing magic when it's standard legal. Yeah, I mean, Fiery Temper is going to be in the set. Yeah. <sighs> so annoying. Yeah. I'll let you read the next one, too, because I know this is this is this is your boy right here. Sure. Wolf of Devil's Breach, three red, red creature, elemental wolf, mythic rare, five power, five toughness. So five, five for five. That's not bad. Uh, whenever Wolf of Devil's Breach attacks, you may pay one red and discard a card. If you do, Wolf of Devil's Breach deals damage to target creature or planeswalker, not player, equal to the discarded card's mana cost. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think it sees uh, Staring play, actually. I'm underwhelmed. Yeah? Yeah, I want I want haste. I want haste at five. When you discard, um when you discard and you pay a madness cost. You're doing it. You discard to exile, right? But it still counts as being discarded, right? Yep. So so you can you can pay the two, you can discard a madness card. So you could discard fiery temper. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you could deal three damage. And then you could pay one and deal three more damage. Yep. So that's not bad. It's not, the but then... Thing, well, the one thing I don't like about this, honestly, is the fact that you've got that... Um, whatever that... I don't remember the name of the card, but it's like a something... It's like a 3-2 haste or something, and like it has a madness cost of like a red and two or something weird. Yeah. And... This has to attack for that ability to trigger. Yeah, so it but, makes madness creatures a lot worse. Yeah, so you can't, like, play the haste creature and it's attacking, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is yeah, this is a mythic because it's unbelievable and limited. Right. Uh, but I, I don't see it seeing standard play just because five mana costs a whole lot, and this is a 5-5 five five that they can just kill. So you have to untap with it, be in a position to attack, attack, and have a card where you'd want to do that. Like, let's say you're playing against a control deck, it's like, well... Well, if they don't have a board. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, for five mana, I can get a Reality Smasher mm-hmm. or Ojatai or right. just a whole bunch of other stuff. That and, I've and for real, I thought this actually could hit players, too. So. Me, too. Uh, me, too. I realized it when I when I read the Planeswalker part, and I was yeah. like, oh, never mind. Yeah, nope, I'm out don't on care. Too. Mm-hmm. Don't care about Ulamog. <laughs> right, right. Yep. A little less exciting. Oh, well. So I was like, oh, you just one-shot him then. It's like, nope, no, you cannot. <laughs> right. Um. Here's one of the best cards in the set. Uh, I'll read it. Uh, Falconrath Gorger is uh, one red. It's a 2-1. It's a creature, vampire, berserker. It's a rare. Each vampire creature card you own that isn't on the battlefield has madness. The madness cost is equal to its mana cost. That is awesome. There's a lot of ways to discard cards, um, as even attach two other vampire creatures, and just being able to just free roll all your vampires essentially like off of discards is awesome. Like this just enables that kind of madness deck, and you know, I mean, obviously in limited you're not as likely to see this card, but this is a card you could build an entire standard deck around, and it's amazing. I like it a lot. Oh yeah, I mean. Two ones for one have not been good in a while, but I think we're going into a new clunkier world <laughs> with, yeah. you know, where uh, you, you can't get away with four colors anymore. And that uh, kind of shifts the field more in, you know, a single or two colored aggro uh, decks favor. Mm-hmm. And this seems like a pretty big upside because that seems to be the mechanic of the red black vampire deck so it seems like they're printing a whole lot of cards that have madness or are enabled by madness and this is just like just a whole lot of upside for what's already something that an aggressive deck wants i think it'll see play but we'll see i mean like (laughs) they they made a one mana gideon planeswalker that could make itself indestructible and that still didn't see any play so (laughs) you you need you need to really make your two ones for one count uh to to see you stared play it seems like (laughs) So I've been really wrong before, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this that, that I it will see play in a deck of mine probably. It is yeah. mind blowing that Gideon never really saw play. Yeah, like that's just how good you have to make your Savannah lines now. Yeah, werewolves. That's your department. Go, oh, boy. Oh, jeez. All right, Sage. Oh, you of- don't like this one? 
Man, I, you know, uh, listen, I'm like you. I don't like commander cards. But okay, Sage of Ancient Lore, four and a green for a creature, human, shaman, werewolf, uh, star, star, uh-oh. Sage of Ancient Lore's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your hand. That's what I want to do with an aggressive deck. Uh, when Sage of Ancient Lore enters the battlefield, draw a card. That's pretty sweet. Uh, typical werewolf claws at the beginning of each upkeep. No spells are cast last turn. Transform them. Actually, those are not typical werewolf claws. They look like they're on fire. <laughs> oh, my God. Claws. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Santa claws. Although, I don't think that's how people think of the word clause. Okay, anyway. Like in the legal way I think of it. It's the only way I think of it. He transforms into Werewolf of Ancient Hunger. He's a creature werewolf with vigilance and trample. And his power and toughness are each equal to the total number of cards in all players' hands. And then at the beginning of each upkeep, if a player casts two or more spells last turn, you transform him back. Uh, I mean, this is might not even be that good and limited. Because think about it, like how many cards do you have in your hand when you cast your five drop? Two or three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after you cast this, he'll be like a three three. Maybe he'll transform, and then maybe he'll be like a five five. Replace himself. That is true. That's not much to ask for for a five drop. Although, what a terrible top deck. <laughs> oh God, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You get your one one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, this is just a pure. I'm not gonna play in standard. I might. I mean, I'll play it in limited, and it will be underwhelming a surprisingly uh, you know high percentage of the time. So I'm just you know I'm just not interested. Out. Right on. Rattle chains. Rattle chains. The spooky. Uh, <laughs> he's not legendary. It's just rattle chains. Um, <laughs> one in a blue spirit. Two one flash flying. It's a rare. When Rattle Chains enters the battlefield, target spirit gains hexproof until end of turn, and you may cast spirit spells as though they had flash. And the flavor text is, did somebody hear something that sounded like chains? Oh my god, no. that's that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you disparage Wizards of the Coast? That though. was me making fun of the flavor text of most of this set. There How is dare no you standard them like that? There's no flavor text on the card, but the flavor text has been so bad that that wasn't even entirely unbelievable. Oh, no. I actually had to go. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go read. I was like, oh, okay. He was lying. That was a lying thing he did. Being a total jerk. Yes. So, yeah, so this is good. I mean, flyers are good, and flash flyers are good, and being able to protect a spirit is good, and giving the rest of your spirits flash is good. Uh, I don't know where the spirit deck fleshes out in standard or limited, but I'm sure if there is one, this will be a prime part of the deck. But anyway, a 2-1 flyer for, for two is... I'll, I'll play this in limited. No problem. What do you think of Rattle Chains? You like it? Hate it? Uh, I mean, I actually looked. There's like almost no spirits like in standard up until the printing of the set. And there's actually not that many spirits in this set so far. So uh, we'll, we'll be waiting to see what happens here. I mean, that's a lot of abilities. And heck, it, it might just be like part of like a blue X flash deck because there's right. almost enough of those now. Uh, I'm very interested to see. Um, this is a card to keep an eye on uh, just throughout its life in standard because it could just be part. It doesn't even have to be a spirit deck, but... You know, upside if, if it is. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, to the Slaughter. No, thank you. Two and a black. Instant. Target player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. And then Delirium. If if there are blah, blah, blah. Target creature sacrifices a creature and a planeswalker. So, if you have Delirium, you get both. It feels more like a sideboard card to me. Yeah. Because, like, you know, this is going to be dead against, like, a tokens deck or anything like that. But it's if good. you're playing it's... against the deck that's got just, like... Big things, or an Ojitai, or just basically a control deck. Yeah, I feel like it's. I, like I said, I feel like it's more of a, a sideboard card. But who knows? Might not be. It might be better than that. You know, I like being able to choose. I feel like I'd rather play Ruinous Path and construct it. You know, because yeah, I agree. Deck. I mean, main deck. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Then you get to go. I want to pick this creature or this Planeswalker, rather than your choice. Whatever you want. Doesn't seem great. 
but it could be good in the sideboard. So let's move oh. on to um, a card that is certainly going to be seen in the King of the Hill uh, at the next Pro Tour. Oh, me? I get to read it? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, it's a Planeswalker. It's reference? a... Uh, no. Where do they live in King of the Hill? Our, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Arlen Cord is a Planeswalker. Man, man, I'm going to read man. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay. It's two red-green for a Planeswalker, Arlen. Uh, she has three loyalty counters. Um, her plus one is until end of turn up to one target creature gets plus two, plus two and gains vigilance and haste. That's pretty good. Uh, zero put a two, two green wolf creature token onto the battlefield. Transform Arlen cord. She transforms into Arlen embraced by the moon. Mm. And, uh, when she transforms, she doesn't get to use her ability again because she never leaves the battlefield under the transform conditions. Just right. So that is, Planeswalker Arlen. So you can't have a transformed Arlen and a regular Arlen on the battlefield at the same time. Bummer. Right. Um, plus one creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain trample until end of turn. Uh, Arlen's minus one. Arlen embraced by the moon deals three damage to target creature or player. Transform Arlen embraced by the moon. So that's how you transform her back. So this one can flip back and forth, which is kind of cool. Mm hmm. And then minus six, you get an emblem with creatures you control, have haste, and tap. This creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. It's pretty nuts. It's a good card. Yeah. Pump your whole team. Lightning bolt. Make a wolf. Uh, this has got a lot of abilities that are all awesome. Yeah, and then if you have something that's bigger than a 4-4, four four, you curve into your 5-5. Five five, now it has haste and vigilance. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. This is, this is, yeah, this is great. This is a great Planeswalker. This has just got a bunch of phenomenal abilities. It's awesome. This might be the best Planeswalker in the set. I agree. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is just this is just all all good stuff. It's just all good stuff. It's like, you don't have a creature, now you have a creature. You know what I mean? Like, you got a creature, now it has big, and it stays around to block after you attack. There's just lots, there's lots of things. It protects the hell out of itself. It just does so much. Oh, it's so good. Epiphany at the Drown Yard. This could be good. I think it's really good. Yeah, really? Yeah, okay. for control players. Okay, okay. Which okay. ain't me. So, um, it's a blue and X. It's an instant. It's a rare. Reveal the top X plus one cards of your library and separate them into two piles. An opponent chooses one of those piles. Put that pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard. So, you know, obviously an instant speed, late game. This can be pretty brutal casting this for like six jesus mm -hmm. there's not going to be a good choice yeah that's the stupid thing about this is that it's like amazing in the late game and a cantrip in the early game like that's not how it's supposed to be right you shouldn't have your card draw like your your game ending card draw also cycle <laughs> right that's that's busted that is very busted i agree yeah, this shouldn't be an anticipate in the like the early stages of the game, and then Sphinx's revelation in the late game. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And then, you know, it's not like there's going to be stuff to do with the graveyard in a set from Innistrad. So, I guess you know, right. it's kind of irrelevant whether it goes into your graveyard or the bottom of your deck. <laughs> not really. Why don't you read the next card? <laughs> sure. You have to click on it. Oh, wow, you think this is... Okay, oh, actually, maybe. Yeah, okay, so fine. Five and a blue, Rise from the Tides. It's a sorcery. Put a 2-2 two -two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield for each instant and sorcery graveyard in... Wow. Each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. So, yeah, there you go. There's the cards that they put in your graveyard, and now you're using this to get a bunch of zombies, you know? Um... I think this guy, I'm not saying this definitely sees constructed play, but I think this could if like what you said with the sorcery that mills 13, like if yeah. there's a deck around that filling up your graveyard and then being able to, you know, or just in terms of like, if there's a way to, if there's a control deck that's going to fill up its own graveyard before it starts going off, here is yet another way for that deck to go off. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, a in the graveyard could conceivably put, Startled awake in there. 
So, you know, there's a lot of weird ways that could go. But this is a neat card. I don't know if it's... I don't, I don't actually think it's that good in limited because, first of all, it costs Oh, God. Six. Yeah. You don't really usually want to be playing too many instants and sorceries in your decks in... Uh, in limited, I imagine at most this makes three two two zombies. But you know what though, three two two zombies for six isn't the worst. No. And if you hit any more than that, you're in business. But I'm not sure about it. It probably stays in my sideboard. Keep going. I could see some like crazy like it depends what kind of like engine cards we get. Like if there's anything that like can somehow put a sorcery back from your graveyard into your hand or something weird like that, so you could like mill this over. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Then you could see some crazy like all sorceries deck, kind of like spider spawning, maybe in limited. Mm. I don't. Know. We'll see. Uh, okay, so Olivia mobilized for war. Hey, she's back. Uh, she costs one, uh, one generic black and a red, so three total mana. Uh, she's a three three legendary creature, vampire knight with flying. A three and... three flyer for three. Yeah, it's not bad. That's really good. And whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may discard a card. If Which you do, isn't a drawback in this format. Not necessarily. If you do, put a plus one plus one counter on that creature. It gains haste until end of turn, and it becomes a vampire in addition to its other types. Yeah. So there's like scenarios where you cast this and then just like empty your hand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is kind of insane. Because, like, yeah, if, th- if those creatures happen to have madness, then you're just going off. <laughs> or you have the you have the madness vampire out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's... Yeah, I mean, I mean, now, and obviously, a mythic and a rare in your deck on color, it's more of a constructed scenario, you know. But, like, this seems like the basis for, like, a really amazing uh, red-black vampire's deck in constructed. I do agree. Indeed. Sick. Yeah. Oh, man, with... Uh... There's a good vampire right now. I can't remember her name. From Zendikar. Drana. Drana. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, no, I know. I know. It's already there. It's already there. I regret selling my playset of those er earlier (laughs) than I should have. (laughs) But uh, because the buy list price has pretty much doubled on those since I sold them. But um, oh, well, whatever. No regrets. Why I sold a playset of vampires and a set that's going to be full of vampires coming out. No idea. Who cares? Moving on. Sigarda, Heron's Grace. There ain't no grace in Heron, man. Just anguish. I'm telling you, man. I'm from Baltimore. I should know. Mm. Sigarda, Heron's Grace is three, a green, a white. It's a four, five. It's a mythic, rare, legendary creature. Angel, it has flying. You and humans you control have hexproof. Something about that sentence Seems really wrong. Uh, two, exile a card. F- t- t- tap two, exile a card from your graveyard. Put a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token onto the battlefield. Pretty damn good. I take the 4-5 flyer for five and be done. <laughs> like I'd be like, oh, that's a pretty sweet card. 4-5 flyer for five. All right, that's not bad at all. Giving all your humans and yourself hexproof. Really good. Making human tokens by exiling cards. Really good. Great card. Great card. Great card. Not sure about its constructed implications. What do you think? Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, it's a great, like, mana sink. Um, yeah. The thing is, Ojutai is still going to be in the format. That's a better five drop. Ojutai is a 5-4, isn't that right? Yep. So this at least trades with it. Yeah. I was going to say, like, Reality Smasher. She doesn't pair up well against Reality Smasher, but... Reality Smasher got a lot worse with this set. You think so? Yeah, Madness. If you have Madness now... Oh, wow, yeah, you're target, right. You target their Reality Smasher, and you can just, like... <laughs> yeah. Whew. Wow, that's not, like, a drawback anymore. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Wow. All right. Nice. Nice. This Jace. This Jace. I like it. Jace, read it. Jace, Unraveler of Secrets. Three, blue, blue. Planeswalker, Jace. Uh, he comes in the battlefield with five loyalty counters. His plus, yeah, plus one is scry one, then draw a card. Hey, that's not bad. His minus two, return target creature to its owner's hand. His minus eight, you get an emblem with whenever an opponent casts his or her first spell each turn, counter that spell. It's pretty good. It is balanced. This is one of those planeswalkers that I almost feel like I would want to try to get the ultimate off. <laughs> yeah. Because that ultimate's pretty backbreaking. 
It is. It's pretty good. But yeah, everything about this is good. I mean, obviously, plus one to draw a card is awesome. When it comes down, it protects itself, which is always a key component to building a successful Planeswalker. This just shows you how busted Mind Sculptor was. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, it's just a better card, flat out. Right. <laughs> it costs one less. Right. <laughs> right, right. And you're like, this one's like, yeah, this is powerful but balanced. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, pretty nuts. I think we're going to read the next card, and we're just going to call it for the day. All right. Because um, we can start with all these random vampires next week when we talk about the full set. You know what I mean? Yep. We'll have more stuff to talk about, too, obviously. There's a decent amount still to go, but I think we're just ending on Harness the Storm. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about spoilers next week. So I'll let you read Harness the Storm because it is right up your alley. And then we'll wrap this up. So go ahead. Mine? Yeah, hell yeah, yours. The, the, okay. Uh, Harness the Storm, two and red. It's an enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, you may cast target card with the same name as that spell from your graveyard, but you still pay its costs. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, wait, that's not as good as I thought it was. No, it's not good. I was like, what? I are thought you? it was Pyromancer's Ascension, basically. Oh. Ew. Ew, okay. No, it costs one more and is worse. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to get it online, at least. No, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess. And there's, I mean, there's still, uh, you can't instant sorcery. You don't have to exile the cards or anything, so. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I guess you had some burn spells. You could double up on them or something. I don't know. Nope, 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 nope. Sorry. You can't even do it when you... Uh, you can't even do it with madness cards. Nope. This card sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Damn. All right, let's read yeah. another. <laughs> We're not done. I'm going to end with Westvale Abbey. Certainly that's got to be better than that sh- crap card that I... Uh, yeah, you've been talking to, to Gurmore too long. Right, right. God, that card sucks. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Westvale Abbey. Let's redeem ourselves here. Westvale Abbey is a rare. It's a land. Tap it to add rhombus to your mana pool. Tap five. Tap it. Pay one life. Put a 1-1 one, one white and black human cleric creature token onto the battlefield. Tap five. Tap. Sacrifice five creatures Transform Westvale Abbey, then untap it. And it transforms to Ormondal, profane prince. He it's a legendary creature, f- demon. It has flying, lifelink, indestructible, and haste. And it's a 9-7. Very profane. That's awesome. I mean, you gotta sack five creatures to do it, but... You know, there could be a tokens deck. This makes tokens. Sure. You know, there's a lot. There's sure there are other ways to generate tokens. I mean, you've got Unified Front for some reason. If you want to play that card, I mean, you've also got Gideon. You've got lots of different ways you could make tokens. Um, you can sack a uh, Hangerback Walker. There you go. Hangerback Walker will still be in the format. There's a lot of ways you could uh, you could flip this. It's interesting. And then someone plays a Jace and bounces it, and you're sad. But you still get in for nine damage before they do. And you gain nine life, because it's flying and lifelink and haste. Yeah, it seems pretty good. It seems pretty damn good. So, yeah. So this is awesome. And If I exile this with an Eldrazi Displacer, does it come back as a tapped Westvale Abbey? I'm pretty sure it does. You'd have to call a judge on that one. I have a feeling that, like, any flip card that you exile is going to come back in its original form. Hmm. I think that's how that works. I mean, that's how it works with the uh, with like Nissa, right? I think so. I can't recall. No, I don't know. We've we haven't had any blink permanents. We've had only blink creatures, so we don't really know. I'm pretty sure that like when you blink something that's been flipped, it flips back. Yeah, I think that's the case. Yeah, I think that's how it works. So that seems like a good uh, a good defense against this. Not too bad. <laughs> Okay, this card isn't as good anymore. No, but it's fine though. It's fine. We're gonna end on that one. <laughs> But anyway, so lots of awesome cards. Um, next week, we're going to talk about the whole business. We're going to talk about everything. Uh, we're going to have the whole spoiler. We're going to go over the whole spoiler. Uh, we're going to talk about the colors, how they apply to limited. 
Um, Steven's going to invariably think I'm talking about constructed when I'm talking about commons for limited and is going to chastise me for saying that they're good. Uh, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Eventually, by the time the show ends, we will come to an understanding. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so join us next week for that. It's going to be epic as hell. And until then, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yo, the rhyme pays more eyes once I ride through the doors. Yo, MTG Taps is available every Friday on legitmtg.com. I want my mtg.com, mtgcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Brainlink, Telegraph, and via Passenger Pigeon at pigeoncast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to yomtgtaps at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.